is the Under Center Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Under Center Podcast. I am Coach Your Host Daramar, and I'm delighted to be joined by both uh, Malloy brothers today. Uh, Fionn, I got your your lovely face on Friday, Tuesday. Sorry, Tuesday. And now I'm delighted to be joined by Rain. How are you, boys? Doing well, doing well. Always a pleasure to share the screen with my brother and, of course, with you, Dara. I did notice uh, the sneaky Seahawks logo just popped up there. I hope that's not going to be a running theme of this show. <laughs> we won't be having any of that trash on. Uh, well, look, as a boss of this show, I think I can put on any sort of logo I want. Um, a- uh, Aiden's given me a few bob as well. There might be a Steelers po- uh, logo oh, somewhere along in that too, too. So don't worry about that. Rain, how are you, buddy? I'm doing excellently. Uh, glad to be back. It seems like I'm only getting every second show or every third show these days. But um, yeah, I'm looking to be more involved from now on. And by the way, I must say that new uh, that new intro is perfect. Chef's kiss, Dara. Chef's kiss. Uh, yeah, really nice. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I can do some stuff when I have a bit of time now. And I have a bit of time that the kid season's over, so that's all right. Although we have to deal with flag now, Fionn, which should be fun because it's our first games on some Saturday. First games on Saturday. Careful now, Dara. We haven't even introduced them yet, and I saw Aiden do a little twitch there when you mentioned flag. So uh, <laughs> be careful with the trigger words today. I know. Uh, well, I, was look, the, not... I was enjoying the. I was enjoying the green room music. <laughs> it wasn't bad, yeah. Some nice, uh, like elevator style music there, just while you're waiting, just while I'm frantically trying to get some uh, social media posts up there. <laughs> I just want to get you in a calm mood there while I'm keeping you on hold before I start hit, hitting you with the hard hitting questions. That's all Love it is. <laughs> that is, of course. Uh, joined us this week of all weeks. The few days before the Shamrock Bowl. Aiden, we're delighted to have you on. How are you, buddy? I'm listening fantastic. I'm always happy and loving life. So listen, come here. Why not? I promised I would do this for you. And so listen, I always keep my promises. It's always, it's always good to hear from the members and hear from the people that are um, helping promote AFI as a whole. So may have the credit to use as well. And if, on behalf of myself and the board, listen, we thank you and thank your listeners for supporting us as we as we go along. I was just wondering are you having a somebody mentioned it to me at the Mavericks game last weekend. There's no live uh, live phone ins. No, it's just all text messages, is that? I haven't I haven't been quite able to work out the phone in aspect of it and I wasn't comfortable about putting Fionn's phone number out there for everybody to call him during the show either. <laughs> so uh, I, I decided think- maybe leave the phone in out of it. I think as well we don't we don't have one of those expensive like beep machines for Vlad start going nuts on the on the cursing, so uh, we can't afford the editing on that side. So I think oh, we'll no. just stick to the text where we can kind of stick our thumb over some of the words. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think that budget's going to another podcast. <laughs> well, look, listen. I guess I guess I have to say it off the bat. You boys backed the wrong horse at the start of the year with the podcast. I have to just say that now. He's backed mm-hmm. the wrong one. You know, there is a podcast who's still here, still has the original core. And, uh, you know, just saying, just for, for when you're bell. making your, uh, for when you're making your decisions for next season and who to, who to ride with, you know, just, just saying there is, there is one there that has all its original members still there. Oh, I know. I know. 
Hey, come here, listen. It's, 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 it's whoever comes and asks for help and assistance and wants to be part of this journey. Listen, the door is always open. Is always, always open for people that want to help AFI grow. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. I believe uh, you have a bit of work for us there on Sunday now as well. So we're looking forward maybe to helping out what we can um, yeah. on, on Sunday for sure, whatever that may be. Um, yeah. But look, listen, there's plenty to talk about, not just about how like we are the the best podcast going. And I know, oh, oh, hold on. There we go. Sorry, Chris. We still we still like you, but, you know, we have to say the facts, right? <laughs> Every really man for himself, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to attempt it. Chris has got that down. He's got that down yeah. now. He can uh, he can speak about that, or he can say that easily. Uh, I, I, I'm I, not even Ah, oh, well, look, listen. Yeah, ask him then on Sunday there after a few points. He probably he might actually say it better. He might actually say it better. You know what I'm um, But look, we have plenty to talk about tonight. Um, first of all, Shamrock Bowl. Let's have a chat, a quick chat about that. Yeah. Preparations going well for it. Looking forward to Sunday heading down to Cork. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 different year, different this year for me, simply because the last Shamrock Bowls have always been Dublin or Belfast, and like that's only an hour away from me, so I'm able to go down and I'm able to do a lot of or a lot of the organising, a lot of the graph work that goes into it. But uh, I'm ex- we're excited about um, MTU Stadium in Cork. It's a fantastic arena. It's a fantastic place. Um, thankfully, I have uh, great support down there with Alan Lamazny, who's on, not only is he the head coach of the Admirals, but he's also on the AFI board with myself. And then the Admirals have, have are doing fantastic work with helping us from that standpoint with, with a, lot of the, a lot of the little jobs that need to be done to get this to get this game um, going and get the the profile of it up and uh, making sure that it is it is running it's streamed perfectly as well and it's um, there's all the little jobs all the stuff behind the scenes so yeah it's it's going well it's uh, looking forward to us and uh, yeah no going down Saturday and going to stay for a few days with the family down there and we're going to go on Sunday and enjoy the day and um, if it's half as good as last year's game I think everybody's in for a in for three, so and I was at the, I was at their game in Palmerston there last month, six weeks ago, and that was a fantastic game. That came down for the last two months as well. So we're uh, we're in for a treat this summer. And really quickly, while we're talking about venues, I think uh, I think it's great. I think everyone loves to see that the sport being moved around and the finals being moved around. It's obvious what it's going to do uh, for teams outside of Dublin and drawing that attention. I don't know how far in advance you guys plan it. I know there's a lot of budget stuff that goes into whether mm-hmm. these venues are available or not. Could you see there being venues that are held outside of footballing strongholds, places like Athlone and things like that? Are these are these things the AFI considers, or do you like to keep it where the teams are based? Dublin, Belfast, Cork, Limerick, these kind of areas. Yeah, it's, it's funny you, you mentioned Athlone. There's, there's a... Dewberry Park in that loan used to be the home venue for uh, the Irish under-20s and Irish women's team. Um, that I- idea was broached last year for um, for the Shamrock Bowl last year. So, yeah, there is scope to to go outside. What we need to realise as well is we need to look at population base. 
and uh, where the biggest populations are for, for traveling wise. And then it does also help when there is a local team because you have that local team support. And particularly if that local team could get, get to the Shamrock Bowl. Now, if, if Cork had been in the Shamrock Bowl this year, perhaps we may have seen a bigger increase or potentially a bigger increase with supporters. But no, it is something... Like, I've been going to AFI AGM since 2015, and I think it's come up every year. The question of having the Shamrock Bowl outside of Dublin. Last year, we were up in Belfast. This year, we are in Cork. And... To be honest with you, until prices start coming down, it's not going to be feasible to have it in Dublin for a good while because uh, Palace Stadium, where it's been a number of times, is a UEFA stadium. It can't host us. Uh, there's other stadiums that have priced themselves out of the market. But um, from speaking to a few people uh, lately, there is potentially a, stay, a place or a venue in, in North Dublin. Sorry, I'm just in an office. The lights going off. But uh, there is a, a potential of having somewhere in North Dublin, not Morton Stadium, but uh, a different venue, which we'll broach uh, for next season. But the doors are already open for us to return to Kingspan Stadium next year. So uh, we're excited for that opportunity as well. And um, it was being reseeded this year. So, uh, yeah, that's the reason why it probably wasn't in, in Kingspan. But, yeah, listen, there's always the opportunity to go there. So, um Waterford's another fantastic venue. I don't know if everybody's got the chance to go down and play the Waterford Wolves, who play in, at, at, at the fantastic um, stadium and pitch that they have at uh, Waterford FC. But I think that, that's another phenomenal stadium. Locker rooms, it's like the, the ground's like a carpet. It, it, it's class looking. So, yeah, there is scope for us to go around, and it will be, if it's financially feasible, yeah. If it's to make people happy, and have it in Dublin to, to make people happy, then if it's not financially feasible, it ain't going to happen. I, I'm not I'm not out to please people and to break the bank just to appease a few people that just don't want to leave the smoke. You know, they, if, they, if they go outside the M50, they're in the wilderness, that kind of way. I feel like you're talking directly to us there on that one. Yeah, 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 careful now, Eddie. Yeah. Careful now. We're all yeah. based in Dublin. At least the lads on this no, it's, it's, anyway. it's not that, no. I, I'll be honest with you. I have had conversations <laughs> and I've, I've had conversations with people from clubs outside of Dublin, particularly last year about why it was in Belfast. And not as much this year for why it was in Cork. But it is it is what it is. We are going to go to where it's financially feasible for us that it has a, a good, strong base of supporters already, i.e. with a local club. But yeah, it is it is what it is, and but it's it's mainly to be honest, it comes down to the it comes down to the money because ultimately you charge me with looking after, making sure that we don't blow a buzzer, we don't uh, waste money needlessly on having big venues and stuff like that or expensive venues. Like I think it's it's out there already how how much uh, the venue in 2019 was in in, in Donnybrook, so it's. It's not feasible for them. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of money and the Shamrock Ball, I guess this would be a good point to ask our first listener question, um, and it's the the two hundred euro fine being informed um, for the Shamrock Ball for non uh, volunteers. See, the seems a bit unfair for northern teams. It does, and right, we'll go back to this because I was 
I, this was broached to me. This was brought to the board as well. So, yeah, right. I've been to Shamrock Bowls in Dublin many a time and have hosted and been part of organising it. And it was a struggle to get volunteers from clubs to help out of that. And that was brought into the bylaws long before I was where I was part of the board. But then ultimately what has happened last year, we had it in Belfast and two teams from the north sent volunteers. Okay. And how many teams are up the north? So this year is in Cork. Now there is workings there for, for us to deal to deal and um, work with teams uh, with when it comes to volunteer volunteering and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it is what it is. We need volunteers to run these events. Now, chances are we could have an event up the north, but I don't buy the the argument that it doesn't suit us because of the distance we have to travel. When I asked for volunteers last year and the venue was on your doorstep and you still didn't send volunteers. Now, granted, we had a higher in the Ulster Rugby or the Kingspan Stadium um, event um, stewarding the crowd that they get into steward events and stuff like that. So that was an extra cost that we had to incur on top of, of that. If we had got enough volunteers, we wouldn't have had to do that. But listen, there is workings around. And I think a lot of the majority of Northern clubs have reached out to me and we've discussed this going forward. But it is there. It is a, a, a bylaw that we have that we can afford. And there is a few a few like that. But uh, while there's six, seven clubs up the north, that including Flag and Kitted, there's 20 clubs, say, south of, south of the Mavericks, say, in Loud, that could, that could potentially uh, send volunteers. I'm also noticed that clubs can send people to the VIP area in Cork, but they can't send volunteers to Cork. So that, that all plays into it as well. And that's me just having a, a little rant. But hey, it is what it is. So Aidan, I guess ultimately then the goal, the goal of AFI is, is to get to be able to host these events totally internally, not have this extra cost of hiring these shorts that that's the goal is to be able to have enough volunteers to be able to do the tickets and the parking and, and everything else that needs to be done is was that fair to say that's the the ultimate aim of these kind of policies oh exactly exactly if we like for, for talk for last I, I can't speak for this week because we're still getting uh clubs are still sending me in the volunteers and apologizing for not sending them in at the weekend and, and stuff but uh yeah if i use for an example Last year, if we had got enough volunteers, we would have had enough to do the gates, we would have enough to do the stands, we would have enough to do the key positions around Kingspan Stadium. We might have only had to hire maybe one or two staff members that know the running and how everything works. But because of the, because we didn't get enough volunteers, we had to go to Kingspan Stadium, go through there, get them to help steward the event. And I think that came to something like, I think this it was thirteen pound, fourteen pound an hour, and it could have been twenty or thirty then. So it is, it is, it all adds up. It all adds up. But hopefully, we will get, to, we will get to a point where we can be self-sufficient with this. But this, it is, it is. Have you an idea of what your ideal numbers would be, just so that the clubs might know and and be incentivized to send guys down? Do you do you know? Is it 20, 30, 40 volunteers you no, guys are I, I, I'm guided, I'm guided by the experience and uh, the learnings of clubs. Like Cork Admirals have held, have hosted events 
last the last couple of weeks, two events in the last month at that venue. And I've spoken to Connor, the chairperson of the Admirals, and he's told me what has worked for them. So I'm guided on that. I would reckon a dozen to 15 volunteers would be more than enough. Um, I'd have to check the numbers. I think we're in around about 10 to 12 volunteers at the moment. And um, so a few more. And then we have enough to do the gate. We've enough to do the stand. And we've enough just to monitor, monitor the event and, and make, it, make it easier. Because it's, it's nice or I would like to have it that people can rotate so they're not stood in the one location for five hours on end or four hours on end and to rotate and go and get a cup of coffee that kind of way and rotate the, the ticket stand where people will be coming in and stuff like that. Many hands make light work. Plus you come, you get fed, you get watered and it's you get to see a fantastic game for, for free. Is that the thing that they will be get to be able to see the game as well? They won't be left looking after the toilet on the other side, other side of the stand. <laughs> they won't be no, able to no, see nobody, anything. No, no, nobody has annoyed me yet. So no, that position. Only you need help wiping your arse. All the rest of us can do it ourselves. Thanks very much. <laughs> yeah, well, look, <laughs> listen, Fionn, we we all can't. Uh, be like little little skinny lads. Some of the big guys up front, you know, they struggle to get their it's arms around at this stage. Arms. Yeah. It's hard to get around that arse yeah. of yours, is it? Yeah. Well, look, listen. Big arse. Get Reen in there under big centre. Problems. Get Reen in there under centre <laughs> with, with his hands. Bring the goots presser, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that thing we said? The, uh, the sphincter? The sphincter yeah, catch. Yeah. yeah, get Reen in there. Yeah, the there we go. Uh, Reen, I'll give you uh, the next listener question there. You go ahead for that. Yeah, we're going to move on a bit from the uh, from the Shamrock Bowl and uh, Conan Yal, the um, the head coach of the Giants, asked, um, "When will the details for the upcoming youth season be announced?" Right, the youth season is AFI have an interim director of youth football. It just so happens that interim director is Ty Henry, so he's a wee bit preoccupied at the moment, but it's. The youth season is has been the same for the last couple of years. It's going to start in, in, in September. It's going to break for a week for the Hope Through Football Camp. And then it's going to kick back in the um, start of October because the Hope Through Football hopefully will be the last weekend of September. And then it'll kick back in for October with the final either the second last weekend or the last weekend of October. Now, I know... Ty has been working closely with Alan Ramazny and Paul O'Donnell with this, but um, it's it's still the same procedure. The clubs need to get right, right in the back room. Nothing has changed from last year to this year when it comes to your child safeguarding, your guard of vetting, ensuring you have enough uh, enough coaches to run a, a good camp and enough coaches to look after the youths that you will have. Uh, I am pleased or I am encouraged to see that where we had four teams last year, we have upwards of potentially seven or eight this year wanting to go and wanting to, wanting to get at it. So it's still the same. And I know that the extra clubs coming in this year are getting their, their ducks in a row from, a, from an off-the-field standpoint and are able to start training. But listen, we, we'll, we'll, give the, uh, we'll give the interim director some time to get over this weekend and get a, get a rest and then, then go at it. Well, like if anybody has any questions, like if Conan has any questions or any other club has any questions, feel free to shoot in the emails to 
to myself or uh, or to Alan or Paul and we'll we'll sign the medal, we'll be able to deal with them like that. It shouldn't take it shouldn't take me being on a podcast like this to be asked that question. It's it's, it's simple enough. We're we're always open to answering questions. All right. Um since we are talking about the Giants, we had a question here. What sanction will the Giants face further antics ahead of the D2 semi? Um, I, 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 I've spoken to the Giants. Well, I haven't spoken. I've emailed them, to be honest with you. And myself and the commissioner, the commissioner has, has liaised with, with, with Ross and from, from the Pirates. And... Um, there was, an, there was an understanding from the Pirates of how they wanted AFI to handle us, and we passed that on to the Giants, and the bowl game has happened. Them players did not participate in the bowl game. What happens outside of that when it comes to sanctions, that it will more than likely be up to BAFA and uh, IAFA for, for when it comes to uh, ITC rules and stuff like that. But as of as of playing an in an in, in, in eligible player in a game, listen, AFI have, have dealt with that based on the recommendations or the what the what the of how sorry, of how the pirates wanted us to deal with us. So you mentioned there we are kind of move it along a little bit because we've a lot of questions to get through. And by far one of the biggest questions uh, we've got across the board seems to be, as you know, there's only two teams left with any football yet. So all the rest of the teams yeah. in the league are now immediately thinking about next season. I don't know if you've had a chance mm-hmm. to do that yet or not, but the majority of the questions we get asked is, obviously, we've lost the Trinity from Division 2. Yeah. And so does the AFI, is the league, do they have any concept yet about what the structure might look like next season? Is it a topic that still needs to be discussed? Uh, is there a timeline for when that might be discussed? And maybe if you have it, any information you can give to the teams about how they can give you suggestions or have their input, or indeed, even if you are going to be looking for their input at all into this decision. Yeah, no, listen, I spoke to the commissioner about this. Um, oh, my, my days and weeks all blended in together. I think we spoke to her about this close to the end of the... What day are we on? We're on the tenth. So I spoke to her about three, four weeks ago, maybe. It was coming to the end of the of the of the season, just before the playoffs happened. And um, yeah, we, we discussed how we were going to look towards next year and how we wanted to go. I have had proposals submitted to me from 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 a number of teams about how they would like to see the league structured. Both of them, both, both proposals I received or myself and the commissioner received has an amalgamation of D1 and D2. Um, so we will look at, we will look at that. Um, I haven't, or AFI haven't closed the door on Trinity coming back. I think there's a lot of discussions there that have to be had between AFI and Trinity and the, maybe the sporting department of Trinity College as well to see how we can get um, the team back up and running, get the right support structures in place, and get a, a good um, full uh, season of games in. And I'm not going to discuss the the, the work inner workings of Trinity and how they operate, and I am aware of how of how Trinity work with 
with with those sporting departments, but I'm not I'm not going to disclose that kind of work. That would be that would be unethical of me to discuss with Trinity work and Trinity College work with their sporting teams. But um, that can happen. Um, for in amalgamations, I think the two proposals. One was having like a northern based division and a southern based division, and then um, the other other ones I've seen is more of a seeding based one. We have first, third, fifth, seventh, and go odds versus evens. Um, but to be honest, and uh, I have seen these proposals. I've looked at them, I've closed them, and I haven't gone back to them because there's more things at the present that I need to be concentrating my time on. But um, I spoke to Aaron and I spoke to members of the board there, and I think I spoke to a few people most recently at the at the D two board game that it is the commissioner's view, and I would agree with her that we will organise a, a workshop forum from saying in early September, where we would put this out clubs for clubs to come in and and come up with ideas and make recommendations of what they feel would work because I certainly don't have all the answers. I tried to do something last year with the Premier Division to help the lower clubs and it, yeah and after after thinking about it, yeah, my my decision or my recommendation at that, that time was wrong. But uh, it was agreed at that time that yeah, that the Premier Division clubs would would discuss it after the season about what may be of benefit for say new clubs that get promoted into the Premier Division and how they can be more competitive, and then the clubs at the bottom could be more competitive. So like that, that can kick into the Division One, Division Two, and have a have a group wide um, think tank or a workshop forum where. Clubs can agree what best works for for the leagues, and then bring it to the board or bring it to the commissioner for for discussion. The only thing with that that I would that I would ask is is that clubs would have to come to it or members from clubs would have to come to it with um, with an open view of what's best for the league and for clubs, and not look at it as if right when well, we're in this seed and we're going to have to play this team and this team and this team. And we don't want to play this team twice. We want to play that team once. That kind of way. They have to look at it as a what will benefit the league and not how it affects their club next year. And that's my. That, I think that would be my only ask coming out of it. But I'm excited for 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 this and for the feedback. So yeah, that will be September when we start looking at next year. And then with that, so yeah, I I can't give a definite date of when that would happen. Whether it be an in-person clinic, whether it be an online clinic at the weekend or midweek. But yeah, no, that's that's the plan going forward and uh, get the feedback in from clubs. And if it needs to be voted on at the AGM in November for a bylaw change or a restructure, yeah, we'll do that. But we'll definitely get it, get it done uh, um, so that we're not January and we're still figuring out what way it happens. There'll still be a lot of stuff that needs sorted out in January, but not the, not the league set up. Quick follow up, Aiden. Can you? Is there any uh, under center podcast exclusive? Have you got any new teams that have reached out to you with an interest of joining? I think that would certainly play a part in whether Division Division Two stays around or not. Not in uh, not in football, no. In flag football, there's I, I do know the director is still uh, getting queries about about people wanting to set up flag football teams. As I mentioned, there's another number of clubs setting up youth programs, but no, not 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 tackle football. Not tackle couple, I think, but I do think there is there's areas there that that are untapped. It's been obvious. It, it's predominantly yeah, backwards to you, but it's predominantly the the northeast 
to the to the south. Like there's I think there's only one technically one team in the middle of the country. There's there's massive scope there for uh, for extra growth and um, for new clubs to set up. So maybe that's maybe that's something that that can come out of this as well. And clubs might be able to have uh, ideas of of how to do this, of how best we can get new clubs into it because it's hard for a board to go out and say push an initiative in a in a in a location if there's nobody there to take grab the reins and drive it in the local in the local community, you know. Absolutely. Um so one of the main talking points throughout this season has been the amount of blowouts that have happened throughout each of the three divisions. Mm. Um you kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of getting a think tank going between teams to see how a structure mm. of the league happens. But is that something that the league has looked at? And is it something that concerns the league that we've seen so this big kind of gulf between kind of a, a top end team and a bottom end team uh, within each of the three divisions? Well, to be honest, I haven't looked at it. I haven't had the time to look at it. I don't know if the commissioner has looked at it or any member of my board has looked at it about from a, a blowout standpoint. Um, for that, I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't have an answer. Why there's so many blowouts, I'd have to be guided by the, the, what the feedback we could get from coaches, head coaches of why, number one, the head coaches and the clubs that, have, that are on the positive end of the blowout, why they were able to do that, and then the other side of why from the head coaching clubs of why they lost it so much. So that would be that would be feedback we'd have to get from from clubs. I don't think, and it was said to me before, I don't think and I don't accept the excuse that it's because it's it's a condensed season. I don't I, I will not and maybe that's just me being stubborn in a way, but I won't accept that it's that it's a condensed season. And because we, we finish we're finishing three weeks earlier than normal. I, I, I don't I don't know when to accept that, but I will be guided on on the on the on the feedback from coaches and clubs. And if they come back and say it's a condensed season, then maybe yeah. But at this moment in time, I'm not going to listen to the the people that just want to give out to say that that it's because of the condensed season. It's because of the European flag football championships, which has nothing got to do with it whatsoever, because that was after the Shamrock Bowl anyway. So yeah, it is. Yeah, well, look, listen, um, if my memory serves me right, there was a good few blowouts last year too across mm. the division. So there is something, it's something that's been there, maybe not just this year, but yeah. I can't say for certain 100% it is because of the condensed season. I'm just, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, just yeah. telling you. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, I, I had a conversation with all the Premier Division teams last year about um, how we can support newly promoted clubs up to that up to that division and I had a stat then done up for the teams that um, the newly promoted team has not beaten any team that was in the playoff for the previous season and they have the the, the margin of uh, the loss has been big it's been 30, 30 plus points and that's for a newly promoted team and uh, it's the same again this year and it's it, I, I Credit to the to the Minotaurs that have gone up and they've fought hard and they, they've had a, a, a successful season that they've, they've retained they retained a permission retained a position in, in the top division and they've, they've won a couple of games. But there is there is stuff there yet yeah, that we can that we can possibly do to push helping clubs 
uh, become more competitive. Now, I would suggest, and I have done this this year, and I'm, I'm going off tangent. I'm going off tangent, apologies. But um, there was a club came to me during the year. I'm not going to mention the club's name. They hadn't won a game yet. And they, listen, I was talking to the coach, be friendly enough with them, and uh, they mentioned an issue with, with a particular uh they mentioned the offensive line thing, and that's, that was a problem why they weren't scoring or getting any traction in offense. And I put them on to share the knowledge. That's the crowd that comes with the Hope Truth Football. And that is a wealth of knowledge and experience that clubs can tap into and, and garner experience from coaches. That are, like AFI has loads of fantastic coaches in, in Ireland that have been doing it for 20 plus years. The UK has it as well, and as part of this shared knowledge program with Coach Rick and the Hope True Football Foundation, you can get information and knowledge from coaches that want to part uh, their knowledge and wisdom onto AFI coaches. And uh, I would implore and ask all clubs and coaches to invest time into um, seeing how that can work for their club. And I do know this year that. Uh, Coach Murray from uh, the London Olympians went to the Admirals for pre-season training as well and, and they've had a fantastic season as well. So listen, there's, there's, there's systems and there's people out there that want to help and if that closes the gap on blowouts next year because clubs have gone out and sought this help and assistance that's out there for them, then listen, we're, we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, we I was gonna ask uh, a listener question, but from beforehand, but we got a YouTube question here. Actually, I want to ask first. Uh, league communication for events, etc. This season has been a bit lackluster. What would Aiden like to see from the comms team next season to improve? Right, more volunteers. Simple as that. It's more volunteers. We have a comms team, um, that do Trojan work, but they also have jobs. They also have, what, 40 hours a week, and then the, the expectation is to come down and and, and start doing AFI stuff in the evening times. Um, it is a volunteer-led association. I'm not expecting people to come in and volunteer 10, 15 hours a week to, to do this. It's a, if it's volunteer, I do know that there's a lot of quality people out there that can create posts, can create graphics and do it on their platforms. And if we had them within our communications team, it lightens the load on the people that look after the website, it lightens the load on the people that, that do the graphics for the social medias, it lightens the load for the people that actually post the stuff on social media. It's, it's a small team trying to do all the work and extra help, many hands make light work, so it's as simple as that. Um, what would I like to see my common team next year to do better? I think they're doing fantastic work, but like everyone, like every position, every position within AFI management, um, extra help would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're trying to hire me there now, Aiden, you can just... Talk to me after the show. We'll sort out. Uh, I know you said volunteer. We'll sort out maybe a wage pack. We'll do like a sponsorship deal that's underwritten, you know, like RTE do or something like that. We'll get a sort. Like, like, like a band, uh, what's the word? Like a barter account. 
Yeah, we'll get the barter account going. It'd be grand. Don't worry about it. Um, we, 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 you can do it, and I'll, and I'll make sure the mob sends you then a, a kebab pizza every week. You know what? I'd, last Saturday, I tried it for the first time, and yeah, yes. it lives up to the hype. It was, it's, it's unreal. Chicken kebab one as well, which is which I, I, I that would be my preference. Of the mm, two. Chicken kebab, one. chicken kebab one would be nice now. Now, listen, half of it ends up on the floor, but it's still delicious. <laughs> There's too much on it, you know. know. But um, you know, about three or four o'clock in the morning, you just start using your fingers to get it all up and shove it in. Like you just, <laughs> you just plant your face straight in. <laughs> That's it. There's no you lifting got, anything up. Yeah. You gotta go the two slices there. Fold it over. Then oh, down yeah, Rain, you haven't seen this thing. You can't get two slices and fold it over. It's not going to right, work. Okay, it's that big. It's, it's still <laughs> going everywhere. It's still going everywhere. Um, right, probably the one section that in all the times we've talked leading up to this, the one that you'd get most questions about, that's, of course, officials. Right. Uh, first, one of the questions here is Do refs' performance get reviewed, and is there an outcome to a poor display? Um, this one is SBC, especially from this listener. Yeah, do you know what? There is, I don't know, for a director of officiating, yes, he, he does review full time officials, and they do have a sit down and they discuss them, but how they get on. but yeah, no, myself and uh, Steve Moore, the director of officiating, have had many conversations. Predominantly, they're on Sunday nights, Sunday, uh, Sunday nights, Monday mornings, Tuesday mornings. And uh, yeah, we've had a good few conversations about officiating. Um, I've had, and Steve knows, I've had phone calls during matches uh, about officiating. I have been to games and seen officiating. And yeah, and I've I've had emails about officiating, and myself and Steve have had a good conversation about where we need to go in the future. Then we're we're only going to talk about we're only going to talk about tackle tackle football officiating because flag football officiating is only in his, in, in his infancy. But yeah, we have a good plan of where we want to go for next year, where we want to grow. Um, I don't know if any is known the term uh, continuous professional development, CPD, CPD training. And one of the things I have told the director is, is that we are going to have to look at a CPD structure for officials, full-time officials, TPOs officials. And keeping in taps and keeping up to date with your CPD officiating. And if you're not up to date, you won't officiate. Simple as that. And that's what I have talked to Steve about. Similar with TPOs, TPOs keep up to date. Uh, with CPD training, if they're not up to date, they're not, they're not officiating. And then that will fall back on the clubs to ensure that their TPOs are up to date on the officiating. Um, so that's one of the things that I've discussed with Steve. The other thing I've discussed with Steve, and it was a bylaw that we had years ago, where you had to have a minimum, I think it was one year, two years, it was two years playing experience before you could become a TPO. And that was that was that was taken off by I think it was the board of building an AGM to help clubs boost their TPO numbers because they were they were, they were struggling to to get TPOs. Um, I think at this stage and from speaking to clubs and from hearing what clubs saying about the standard 
of TPOs and who clubs are putting forward for their TPOs. I think, me personally, I am going to put a proposal in to change that. I think it should go back to something the way it was because then you had somebody that has played the game for a year or two and then become a TPO as opposed to a rookie that's come down and has gone straight into it when they may not know the, the rules of it. Uh, so that is some of the work that we're doing. I know Steve Sager, the development officer in the official department, is very excited about it as well. Um, I coincidentally, through organising the Flag Football Championships in August, um, the IFAF representative that I was dealing with, he's also one of the heads in the BAFAF officiating department. So there's a lot we can learn. There's a lot we can learn from from that when it comes to how we can progress. But uh, yeah, listen, I don't think Steve would mind me saying this. And I, I, I've seen problems with officiating this year. I've seen very, very good officiating, and then I've seen some bad calls. And I think that um, I think there's a lot of learnings, and I've spoken to clubs nearly. Yeah, I. I spoke to the clubs about officiating and I've assured them that this is something that AFI management is going to take very, very seriously. But it has to take, it has to happen after the season when when we sit down and we, and we look at it and we put a system in place, we put a plan in place on how we can do this and we can look at our, at our peers in other nations about that are in a similar setup as us of what they work. And that goes from everything from consistency to play calling to having the right people in the right places. And also, uh, one of the things I spoke to Steve, and it, it all comes down to finances, but I think clubs would understand having enough officials on the day. Because if you have four officials, say three TPOs and one full time official, you have four sets of eyes trying to look at 22 people, or say, say 11, 11 different bands. So more more officials on the day means more eyes on the day, and you and they can pick up the calls that 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 teams are getting so angry about and have told me about. And all I can do is reassure that we are going to do a lot in the off season. Um, some of it could be very drastic, but I think the 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 class the the first aid class the scenario comes into comes into play. You whip it off, you have a we bit of pain, but the overall growth is needed. Um, but yeah, listen, come here. I, I, I think as, as much as TPOs need to continue their professional development when it comes to training, I think full-time officials need to do it as well. And a, a good few training sessions on, or retraining sessions on positions and what to look for and, and, and more up-to-date with the rules and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and listen, I, I don't mind saying that. I, I do know that, and I have seen, I spoke to an official that didn't know a particular rule, and I think it was, it was one of the, it was, it was actually your game where they shouted across the NHS. I should have been a flag, you know? Yeah, shouted straight at me, straight yeah. at me. So, yeah. listen, it is, it is, and listen, I think I apologise to you straight away after it, do you know? But yeah, but no, that, listen. That, Aiden, that wasn't the only issue in that game. The I fact know, that it was I called early as well, without us giving us a chance to actually level the game yeah. up, I think was the bigger problem. Yeah. No, listen, I. you can take it from me that I have told many teams and I'm a person in my world that this is, this is something that we are going to look at heavily in the off-season. We will invest into it in the off-season. And uh, 
yeah, it is. It's something that would have, that we as a board and as management are going to look at to ensure that the issues that have arisen this year do not happen. And that good that goes for all of this year. And then uh, on a side note, and that also goes into the line the line of discipline afterwards and the discipline structure that we would have afterwards to deal to deal with stuff after that because at the moment, right. And I'll be forced to admit it that, um, yeah, our discipline and how we deal with incidents or citations or reviewing stuff that happens at games can vastly, vastly improve. And there has been a proposal made to the board about a disciplinary committee that can look at, it's more of an oversight committee that can look at an incident happening at the game and get it reviewed within a couple of days and make a recommendation to the commissioner as, a, as opposed to the commissioner going out and looking for all the information and then waiting for it all to come back in and then and then dealing with it. I think that streamlines it. But with that sounds great on paper, but we also have to ensure that it complies with with um, the law, basically, and due process and fair procedures. And we have to rewrite our constitution slightly so we can have this kind of a, a, a committee that can look after all of this stuff and get stuff dealt with quickly. And yeah, so it is, there's a lot of stuff like that in the off season that has to happen because we can't change or we don't change competitive rules mid season because it's, it's an unfair advantage to teams that haven't experienced that. But yeah, there's a lot, a lot of off the field work that you have to do in the off season. And, and then very, very quickly, yeah. sorry, yeah. sorry, I was just going to say very quickly to, to wrap up the, the section about referees. Um, we got a YouTube question here first of all, what about TPO mileage? And then on top of that, um, from ourselves, what about moving away from the in-cash, um, obviously, payment for TPOs and officials and moving to something more like a Revolut to make things easier? Yeah. It's funny TPO mileage is mentioned because I had a, we had our AFI an AFI board meeting on on, uh, on Monday evening, and that was something that I mentioned to the chief finance officer Alan Brown about about TPO mileage and the expenses. And I spoke to Steve Modes about it today. Suppose I spoke to Steve Modes about it on Tuesday, and them two people are liaising with each other to get it out. I don't, listen. I don't know the ins and outs of how it's done it can be greatly streamlined and i do know from last year it was moving away from the from the cash side of things and clubs paying their tpo expenses in advance and um, there's teething problems to it but like that we're still relying on the on the assistance of volunteers to do this to get the to make the payments to authorize the payments to and to transfer them out and you have to look at it that if it was done at the end of every game day and you're six games in a day and you have to you have to send out the PPO money, you have to send out the full time money, it's you're near enough into a payroll scheme if you were to do it that way. And that time that that can take that can take well, the way it's explained to me is that can take a couple of hours every month or every Tuesday and you're relying then on your finance team to be able to do that and authorise the games. But yeah, it, it can be streamlined and it is getting that way slowly but surely. But yeah, we have to get away and we have been getting away from cash, but definitely it, it can be it can be better uh, better streamlined and I'm encouraged to know that that is going to be 
dealt with. But TPO mileage, the people in charge of that were talk, were told to talk, and that was in Tuesday, and they are they are dealing with it. All right, so we have another YouTube question here, Rain. I'll let you read that one out. Okay, so uh, the question is, has there been any decision made on the F- Wolves' statement to use youth balls during the flag games? Will they be allowed to continue, and will other teams be allowed to follow suit? Now, that might be the North Down Dragons. Yeah, throw that back, because I was reading. Can you throw that back up, because I was reading? Are you able to throw it back up? Because the, the word Wolves got me, and I'm like, what do you think of the Wolves? Um, I don't think it was the Wolves, though. I think it might have been the... This was during the, the town hall meeting on Monday. On the Wolves statement to use youth balls during the flight games, will it be allowed to Sorry, it's the Lions. Oh, yeah. It's the Belfast well, City Lions, not the Wolves. Right. This, oh, this is to do with the, with the request during the week to ask with, um, with, with youth footballs be used for for in mixed leagues, in, in mixed games, yeah? So I think that's yeah, for important. female quarterbacks, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there has been a decision made, and I need to speak to the director of flag football about it. Um, it was, um, there was a, I became aware of this, that the, that clubs were being asked, and I've taken it out of the, the decision of the clubs. And I made a proposal, or I made a re- I made, made a recommendation to the board, and um, Kelly Dwyer, who is on the board with me, who is also a member of the of the Irish Wolfhounds, and um, she sat down um, and she drafted up a proposal for the FI board to vote on, and that vote, vote was passed. Now the exact wording of it, I have to send on to the director, but yeah, it's it's he's he's going to know this evening, so yeah. Youth footballs will be able to be used in in mixed games, in women's games, in exhibition games when when there is a female when there is a, a female quarterback. So I, I listen, I have to look at the warden again because we, we know the exact warden of it. But yeah, youth footballs are going to be able to use because look at it this way. Why would we prohibit or why would we impede um, women from becoming uh, developing key skills in the most important area of the pitch. You, it, it's it's IFAF regulations, or it may be used, but a lot of divisions use women to smaller footballs. Um, you look at other sports, GAA women you kick sm- smaller balls. The rugby's the same. Uh, soccer's it, there's there's. Equipment is is different because across different uh, different uh, sports when it comes to gender gender stuff. So it makes sense. I can't understand why there would be any feedback or any pushback on us, um, because it's development. It's developing female quarterbacks in in what can be what can be described as a male dominated sport. And the more female quarterbacks we have coming through, gets us. To closer to being able to have a have a have a women's league. So. Yeah, and Aiden, as as you said, to reiterate, I think it's worth pointing out that in in the likes of the European Championships and mixed stuff, the that the it is commonplace for the the female the female and mixed to use to use uh, youth balls. So it's not a, it wouldn't be exclusive to the to the Irish league. And I think it's worth pointing no, that out no, because it just keeps us in line. 
No, it's 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 a common sense approach, and we want to grow and develop uh, our our women our women in our grow and develop the women within our sport. So uh, yeah, it is. All right. Um, right. So I know we are um, running short on time. So there's uh, there was there's yeah, nearly a half eight there. Yeah, no, 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 uh, what has been done about the incidents from the Vipers and Razorbacks game as well? All right. And has 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 your listener asked the Vipers or the Razorbacks what has happened or anything like that? You know, that's just a just a question I have as well. What was yeah. done? Right. The the incident that happened in Dublin that was a spectator issue that was dealt with by the officials on the day by way of the the bylaws with the when it comes to dealing with with, with sideline issues or spectator issues thankfully it didn't gravitate to where it was a stoppage i think there's four versions of stoppages within our bylaws one two three and four and three and four is to do with 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 outside of uh, lightning and all that kind of stuff. It's it's issues that are, that could have been prevented that are, that are affecting the game. Um, so we or AFI reached out to the rebels about it. Or after I found out that that incident, listen, I'll be honest with you. I spoke to the rebels. I spoke to AFI Redesign, and um, I spoke to a number of rebels. But. Uh, AFI then requested an internal review in the rebels as to as to some of the stuff that was said and um, we got that i am um, not going to question the integrity of the person that did that internal review i think he's, he's he is his integrity should be unquestioned and um, i am happy with the internal review that was that was done within the rebels i'm aware of the incident that happened at the end that that situation there was two sides to that story and for us to come in as a third party and decide who which side is right we couldn't do that and um, because to do that you would have to say one person is wrong and the other person is right so it was um it was it was dealt with as far as we could bring it and uh, we're not going to listen to hearsay evidence or or record public opinion of what had happened we have to go with what we've been told um, but that incident and with other incidents that have happened has alerted us or brought our attention to a, a, a wider issue when it comes to behaviour or the amount of fouls or penalties for shit, really, being a harsh word, um, that, has, that has happened. So it's a wider issue that we need to look at. Um, but that particular incident through some some do you know what it is it annoyed me in a way because from what i've seen online and for what was sent to me online 
was people keeping an argument going for the sake of freaking having an argument. There was people that created accounts to target AFI redesigned. There was people that created accounts to target the rebels just to keep an argument going. When just go up, get a life, that kind of way. Let us deal with it. I know it affected AFI redesign, I know it affected the rebels. And it, there was a lot of unnecessary chatter from people that shouldn't be really chatting about. It. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, but listen, that's it. You're going to have that in all walks of life. Once it's it's online, it's online. People have a, a sense of uh, security online, hence fake accounts and all that kind of crap. Um, but yeah, that was it. So we, that was dealt with, and that 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 went out to, that went out to the clubs. I spoke to the clubs and I spoke to everybody involved in that incident um, the other week and explained to them I was the one that conducted the review and made the recommendations to the commissioner because the commissioner was away on work duties. So um, they they accepted it and it's um, they may not have been happy but they ultimately accepted it and it's it's it's, it's the way it is with that. Now that we have to go with what we're able to do with very minimal investigation techniques. But uh, we have to go to what we what we can do within our bylaws and what is right. We can't go and hearsay evidence or, or anything like that. So that that incident has been dealt with. Uh, in relation to the other one, um, sorry, the other one being the vipers and the razorbacks. Again, I was I, I conducted that review after that incident happened. Funny enough, that was one of the times I got rang during a game about about incidents that were happening at the game me at work. Um, but at that, that time and that evening we spoke to the spoke to the commissioner, spoke to the, the Steve Moles, the director of officiating, and footage was requested. I think there's three three bits of footage we could have got. Uh, one one each from each team and then one from a third party. Um, so that information was got. I did, did see the footage uh, pretty soon after it. Uh, but like that, there was a lot of things happening in that game. Um, so, yeah. There was a comment made, but the identity of the comment that was the identity of the person that made that comment could not be identified. So we can't assume or presume or lay blame on anybody that, that we're not 100% certain. But should information come to light that somebody have said that, then we'll be able to deal with it for them. So that dealt with that issue of, of, the, of that particular comment. When it came to the incident of, of the alleged helmet swinging and that particular play, um, yeah, again, the court of public opinion and the hearsay and all oh, that definitely happened, right? My In my job, I have to, if, if, if I'm a court in my job, I have to get into the box and I have to be 110% certain of what I am saying is 100% certain of the truth. And I ask anybody to go back and watch that footage and categorically tell me that they, they saw that person swing his helmet or hit your man with the helmet. There's no footage out there that you can 100% certain say that that happened. So we have to go with the facts not with what people want the facts to be. But like that, listen, there was other things that happened in that, and I spoke to that player, and, and the commissioner spoke to that player, and that incident was 
brought to a conclusion that was satisfactory to both teams and the players involved. So, but this thing, and it, I'm not going to say it, this thing is of people saying things that something happened because they wanted to happen or like they like like they talk about it or type about it or do that kind of stuff. You have to we have to act in the or operate in the in in the with with the facts and exactly what we can see and yes, it is what it is. Regardless of what footage you look at, you cannot see that man swing his helmet. You cannot see him hit your man with the helmet. Yeah, he took the helmet off angrily, but then it's 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 you can't see anything more after that. And yeah, what has happened after that, um, after that particular incident, I spoke to that that that, that person, and uh, it's 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 done, it's dealt with, and yeah, it's up to them to tell you if they were punished or not. I'm not gonna get into that. Okay. Were <clears throat> um... they the answers you're expecting, or do you want a different uh, a different answer, or do you want to, uh, me to elaborate or what? Well, to be fair, I had no expectation. I wonder if it's the listeners' answers that they, if that was the answer the listeners wanted. I'm not too sure, but um, I'm sure we will. Um, I think, I think, uh, Aiden, if you don't mind, I, I actually didn't know in advance that, uh, that you had conducted the the investigations, and obviously, in your in your work outside of AFI, I think we can say that the you definitely have experience of doing that. So, I think the the AFI can certainly stand over how their investigation went. And I think as as maybe impartial people, I think we can say that, look, as you say, it, it has to be absolutely provable, not just uh, hearsay. And that can be very frustrating on both sides of the argument, specifically when you're the, the aggrieved party. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the AFI, as you said, it's a voluntary organization. You can only do so much and you can only prove so much and, and you need to have the facts in front of you and therefore... It, when you conduct your investigation, that that's all you can make your conclusions on, and that's the, the only way that AFI can deal with these situations. Yeah, no, listen, it, that's it, it. It is what it is when it when it comes when it comes to stuff like that. I never, we're not we're, we're not saying people are are, are 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 wrong in what they're saying, but we just can't prove it to you one hundred percent. We have to be able to say do that because we have to. Keep a level of integrity, impartiality, transparency, and keep making sure that we operate the same way throughout, and to make sure that um, if we keep to the same standard, then you're not going you're not going to go wrong that kind of way. So when you start doing things slightly differently, just to give an outcome to somebody, to, to that they. ウッタウッタフェアでよよこんでよこんでんでらんウェイでんでんよんよそうですよいやいやはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはいはい
we were talking off air and you obviously you're getting right into the thick of it there at the moment mm-hmm. but i guess the, the listener here is asking is there any um or will we see a more ramped up sort of you know social media presence of the european championships now um leading up to it um and what else did they say um yeah just saying like have you been happy with how the the build-up has gone so far yeah like that it's it's afi or the host nation and uh, it's important people to realize that we are the host nation so it's reliant on volunteers again to do a lot of the work and again it's the afi communication team that's doing a lot of the work and a lad called Liam from the ucd he's done children work from a website standpoint but when it comes to communications and uh, the pr aspect and getting it out online or getting it out that is falls under the remit of the federation that the competition belongs to so that falls under ifa and ifa have a certain way of of um, promoting it and their their communication strategy and how they want to their games to be advertised um, so a lot of that has uh, has been been um, not not delayed, but a lot of it has has been reliant on IFAF to um, to give the green light on a lot of things. I know they were, they were concentrating on there was a lot of European European women's football games happening. Then there was the America's flag championships happening last week in Charlotte, and now it's our turn to shine and IFAP will start pumping the pumping the pumping the gas on the online presence and allowing us to do a lot more stuff from an online presence. Yeah, I have to understand with, with this is is that from a communications from a, an online standpoint, there's a lot of stakeholders involved outside of AFI. Um, the main goal of this is to get flag football into the Olympics in LA 28. Now, with that, is you probably see the increased exposure and push the NFL have on us on flag football, and that coincides with IFAF's initiative as well and vision for flag football. IFAF and the NFL are powered together promoting flag football at a worldwide level, and then you have the International Olympic Committee as well, who are monitoring how we do things, how we portray, how we communicate. And how we have ha- host or, or portray ourselves in in conversations like this, in calls like this, but also our, our online presence. So there's a lot of a lot of thought and planning has to go into a, a marketing campaign. It can't be like we just create a post and we'll, we'll bang it up. Now I do some stuff through my online Twitter and thing, but from a from a an official standpoint, it has to be but yeah no there's going to be a massive ramp up i have a call with ifaf tomorrow to sign off on a few little things from a from a communication standpoint and then it's all it'll be all systems going we'll have a, a website and socials and and hopefully all nations will have the will have sent me sent me their roster so we can get them up as well but it's a, an absolute behemoth it's turned into an absolute behemoth of an event and uh yeah i'm going great by the day but just for men. Uh, uh, sure. Look, listen, it'll all be worth it in the end, I'm sure, when we uh, 
when it's all said and done. I'm sure you'll be sitting back and be happy with how it's gone. Um, yeah. Last question comes in. There are many from, questions. Yeah, there are many questions left. This is the last question. There's many this questions. is the last one. Huh. Last one. This will be the last one. Then, then we'll let you go. Um, because nice when are the Steelers come? Yeah, when are the Steelers coming to Ireland, and when are we going for points after? Um, planning on on linking up in that whole scenario. Is there any plans in the works? You know, I actually had a phone. I actually had a Zoom call with the Steelers today at three o'clock. I had a Zoom call with Mister Dan Rooney and his um, his right hand man uh, Regan. It was. Um, it was a constructive. It was a good meeting. It was. It was. It was quick, as you can imagine. They're extremely busy people, um, but it was more of a of a, an introductory meeting, feeling out. They asked me some questions about AFI and how we are funded, how our operations are, how we work as a management team, and they asked me about our strategic plan um, and our vision to get there before twenty twenty six. It was the first phone call of many. I have another one with them next week. They have given me some insight about when they're coming to Ireland this year, but they've also asked me not to share that. So, but you can take from that that there will be something by the end of the year with during during the season. But I can't give specifics of what that that is or when it is. But it coincides with a few AFI events. So yeah, it could it could be a phenomenal weekend of of. Uh, Oh, so yeah, it'll be good. Well, yeah, no, they have a plan. Oh, they have a, a plan to invest a lot of resources and a lot of uh, time into the growth of their market base in Ireland, which coincides with the community and grassroots development. Um, they have systems that work in Mexico and they want to see will their will systems come into Ireland as easily or as fluid, fluidly as it. As it's, but um, yeah, no, they're, they're going to be working with ourselves and a lot of companies or a lot of organisations to help make the transition in, into into um, into this into the island of Ireland. They're going to make make it streamlined as streamlined as possible. But yeah, no, there's going to be more regular calls with myself and uh, either the Steelers or representatives of the Steelers as we go forward. There's, there's lots of different lots of different avenues to go. And uh, the other thing as well is there's a lot of a lot of hype as well from the NFL UK coming into Ireland as well and what they can do to help grow the sport and when it comes with camps and, and other kind of other kind of initiatives and stuff like they have we've called with them Friday week, week, sorry, this day week with 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 the NFL UK team. So it's it's exciting stuff. Yeah. We'll save that Steelers info for when we go off here. Don't worry, we'll uh... We'll get, uh, we'll get it out of you there. We'll get it out of you. Um, listen, Aiden, we really appreciate the time. Such a busy week and obviously in the yeah. middle of your work week. Um, Do you know what? I'm, really actually delighted. I'm, I'm actually delighted that, that the membership or people that were, were, weren't as afraid to ask questions of me today as they might have been. Um, I don't know. I think it is in April with, 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 with the other podcast. Yeah. So. Well, look, listen, and that's that's what we're delighted with as well. That um, some of the questions because you obviously you can you can hear it throughout like various group chats and stuff like that, complaints about this and that. So it's good to be able to have someone to talk it to and hear from it, uh, yeah. an official no, I, league I, source. I, and I, I hear about the I, I do hear about the complaints that are in that are in certain chat groups. And you know what? It, it, 
if I started worrying about every single complaint that's in a, in a chat group, listen, I'd, yeah. I'd never get anything done. I'd never, I'd never be able to, yeah. to invest as much time into, into AFI as I do. Yeah, and look, I, I I know what you're saying. We're done with YouTube comments, but this one just came in, and, and we should uh, we should put it up here because gonna, it's how are, we are feel gonna, about this are too. They, are, they, are they gonna ask for the for the link for the AFI raffle? No, <laughs> not quite, not quite. They were actually singing your praises a little bit there, but oh, um, if you want to talk about the AFI raffle instead of giving your giving you the virtual pat on the back, we can do that too. But look, listen. Like, like he says here, uh, Andre says, a big, don't think people in the league understand how hard Aiden's job is. Really have to say a big thank you for the time and effort you're putting in. Can't even imagine the amount of stress it creates. And look, we echo that statement here on the show mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm, just... up for, I'm up for re-election at this AGM, so if anybody wants to take the, take the role off me. <laughs> um. I'm not putting my hand up for it, but uh, I'll see if Reen wants to. Um, Reen, stay yeah. perfectly still, or don't stay in the chat <laughs> if you want to, shower. Yeah. <laughs> I did mention the AFI raffle now. It is, yeah. um, and I do see other clubs have other raffles, but the other clubs have other clubs have the same kind of raffle, but the, the, the name of the game wrong. They, I, I must reach out to them and tell them this is the name of the game wrong. But uh, the AFI raffle is there to support the Wolfhounds men and women's team uh, cover the costs for them to go to go to the European Flag Football Championships and uh, the prize is unreal. I think the, the prize is coming in about 1,500 quid with the tickets, the accommodation, the cash and uh, I don't know if any of you have ever had the chance to go to fire a restaurant. It's it's an unreal place. It's delicious. It's delicious. No, had, and, then, yeah. and then there's there's other great prizes as well. So every Every ticket bought is uh, is um, is supporting the team, and it may be pricey, but listen, it's it's the price the prizes are far outweigh the far outweigh the the cost of it, you know. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, listen, and um, that's it. And we'll post links on our own socials, and you can go to the official American Football Ireland socials too to get links for that uh, for the raffle if you want to be in with a chance to win some of the great prizes that are on offer. Which, like Aiden says, includes a two night stay in Blanchestown, wasn't it? That's no, where it is. No, that's that's the second prize. That's the second prize. Sorry, that's second, second prize. prize. No, it's yeah. it's 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 the Clayton. The name the one down beside the Borgash Energy Tail. It's that hotel. So you get you get two tickets on the uh, two sideline tickets. You get two nights in that Clayton Hotel down by the Borgash Energy Tail. I don't know the name of it. Uh, it's 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 gone out of my head. You get two hundred quid cash, and you get you get a Sunday lunch in Fire Restaurant. So it's a weekend, and uh, it's fantastic. And listen, I'll try and do my best to get uh, to get the sum up machine to crash again. So. <laughs> perfect listen like we said we won't uh, leave you much longer um really appreciate the time and uh, look listen looking forward and i'm sure we'll have another chat on uh, on sunday at the game we will we will we will listen folks take care Excellent. my numbers always my numbers are out there if you ever need any you know text or ring me or email me or stuff like that i think members at this stage know that uh, i'm always open to speaking to members and i'm not i'm not opposed I'm not a closed book or a go through the channels type of a person. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so um, that is where we're going to wrap up this edition of the show. Fionn, Rain, as always, thank you very much. Thank it's you. been a pleasure.
Uh, thank you to everyone that has tuned into the live show. Sent us questions now, sent us questions earlier on in the week. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel here and you did like the video. We will have the podcast version up on the podcast channel so you can listen to it if you on the go, on repeat, you if you missed won't. any of it. People won't be able to freaking understand my accent on the podcast. We're gonna have to get translation. <laughs> we can use AI. We can use AI to clean it up, Aiden. Don't worry. Oh, brilliant, 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 brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but like I said, that is all the time we have for on this edition of the show. We'll be back next week, um, looking back at the Shamrock Bowl and looking back at the year overall. And um, but until next time, guys, stay safe, and we will see you soon. Take care.